Sharp Scratch, episode 58, Tips for Clinical Years. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we bring together medical students, junior doctors and expert guests to discuss all the things that you need to know to be a good doctor that you might not get taught at medical school. I'm Nikki and I'm the Editorial Scholar here at the BMJ and I'm also a medical student at the University of Manchester. I'm excited today to be joined by the lovely Lily, Andrew and KOD. KOD, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Hi, I'm, my name is Coyote. I am hopefully soon to be a fifth year medical student at the University of Dundee and I am not currently in the sunny city in Scotland so of course it's not sunny right now because I'm somewhere else. It's very very grim and muddy. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but it's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> Lily, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Lily. I am now a final year medical student at Barts in East London. Uh, but I'm currently in Bristol, my family's house. So yeah, just passed my exams. It was a relief. Didn't think I would. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, massive relief. But it feels weird to be a final year. So yeah, huge congrats and lovely to have you with us. Thanks. And Andrew. Yeah, I'm Andrew. I'm a third year. Similarly, hopefully a final year student soon uh, at the Scott Gem programme, which is the St Andrews and Dundee unis up in Scotland. And uh, similarly, I'm not in Dundee as well, uh, I'm in Paisley. Um, looking forward to getting back to Sunday at some point soon. <laughs> <laughs> also, Andrea and I just discovered we live like in Dundee, we now live like five minutes away from yeah. each other. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he, he literally lives down the hill. Oh, well, next year you can sit next to each other for recordings. (laughs) I know, it's very exciting. (laughs) Okay, so today we thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about clinical years, sort of all of the kind of practical and logistical kind of advice that you might need beforehand. Um, Slightly selfishly, I wanted to do this episode because I'm going back into clinical placement after 18 months away from clinical, um, what with COVID and my year out. So I'm really excited to hear all of your tips as well. But panel, do you guys remember how you felt like the night before you started clinical years? I really don't remember. I don't think it occurred to me as a big deal. I guess I think I guess we're all probably quite similar now, but medical schools integrate kind of placements pretty early on now so generally you don't have third year or whatever year it is that is your really high yeah exactly it's not usually your first time ever so I don't think I really remember it if I'm honest um yeah I started at the Royal London which is at the big hospital in East London and it was terrifying and huge and made me think I didn't want to be a doctor but um oh why was that um, I think I'm more of like a DGH gal. Like I kind of like the smaller, slightly further out, friendlier hospitals. I'm not sure I'm really the vibe of big London glossy hospitals. They kind of scare me a little bit, I think. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you two? I, I, I would say I'm exactly like Lily, to be honest. Like I, it didn't really like dawn on me about what I was about to start doing. Um especially seen as I work in a hospital anyway. I work in a hospital that I, that I did most of my placements in. So it doesn't, so I was like, yeah, all right. I've been on this ward before. I, this, this is where it is. This is where, this is the code for the toilets. Like, cool. I, I just, I wasn't too phased about it, but I did do like my standard type A personality thing and made a list of oh. everything but like yeah amazing <laughs> we'll, we'll make that list on this episode then together yes we can <laughs> uh, i'm excited to make my list for next year 
Yeah, I remember I wasn't too nervous about like actually like placements and what that would involve, but I was always quite like nervous about the kind of logistics about it. I don't, I don't mm. know if it's similar in your unis, but in Manchester, like where the uni is, is very well connected with public transport, but to get to all of the hospitals it's almost kind of assumed that people can drive to be able to get yeah. places and I couldn't drive at the start of my third mm. year and I didn't know anyone in my clinical group because some of the St Andrews track of people had come come in and like a lot of my group were people that I'd never met before yeah. so I remember on my first day being like I need to make friends with someone in my group who can drive <laughs> 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 so that I can get lifts but honestly um, that is tip number one find who drives <laughs> <laughs> scout them out make friends with them, buy them coffees. Yeah, I think the London version of that is go on City Mapper and have your tubes and the trains and the buses because you are going to have to take all of them to get to your placements. Have that in your head already because yeah, you don't want to be stressed about missing the train. I remember thinking, because in London there's a confusion between like the tubes and like normal trains. Obviously the tubes come really regularly, but a train comes like every, I don't know, half an hour. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't quite realise that like, a normal train would like... Anyway, I was really late. Don't be late. Try not to be late. Look at how you're going to get somewhere. And definitely pack a lunch. I had a packed lunch. Yeah. The hospital food's grim. Let's talk a little bit about the commute. So what was the commute like for you guys? Do you you have to go very far? Um, What sort of things do you have to think about beforehand? Well, having said all of that, my first placement was actually two minutes from my house. Um, (laughs) I lived in Whitechapel. (laughs) And I could literally see the hospital. Um, but it meant I was late every day because I thought it would be a two minute walk, but really have to get through security, go up all the lifts and stuff. So I was late every day. But actually it was really close. So I do not have a leg to stand on in this one. But the rest of my hospitals were really far away. Yeah. I also, I reckon on the first day, like don't underestimate how much time it will take to, if you're driving there, you won't have a parking permit yet. So you don't know where to park and things like that. If it's the first day, it, you won't know what entrance where like things are if you're in some sort of like teaching and learning building that's separate to the hospital and things like factor that into your first day literally finding the room and if you can get a coffee do that like I think if you can try and treat it like you feel professional you feel adult I think you'll feel better because I think you get quite infantilized on your first day of placement so I think if you can feel like you're prepared as much as possible then you don't feel like a child starting primary school yeah <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say I, I would definitely agree like I, I that being said, we Dundee students, we've been kind of spoiled. Just like I'm just realising right now because all our placements pretty much are all in the same hospital. Wow. In Dundee. Oh, my God. So like this, all, all, this extra, <laughs> all, all, all this extra thoughts about like, oh, travelling times. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then if we have like a placement that is far, far, far away, then we get accommodation. Like we do. Yeah, we get this was my next question. So think about things have, like that. I don't know how it works for you guys, but do you guys get offered accommodation or like a travel like reimbursement? If or Do you ever get the choice about that? Well, and I'll say Andrew and I are, are so our courses are similar but also very different, especially before final year. Because um, for so I don't want to speak for Andrew, but like they, <laughs> but okay, I will then. Um, but on on Scott Gem in your um, I guess clinical years, you are based at a GP practice for for most of the year, so you. So you are pretty much going to the same place for the entire year, but you can arrange like clinical placements in for um, 
all the secondary care stuff that you would like to see and all that stuff. Whereas for us, we, we, we just get assigned placements. And if it's outside of Dundee, you get accommodation. And that that is just like the general rule. Yeah. If you're going to be outside, the accommodation will always be available. And yeah. Have you guys stayed just... in hospital accommodation? What kind of tips do you have for that? Don't. Um... <laughs> Take your own bedding. It's like yeah. 60 years old and it looks it. <laughs> so for us, sometimes it's like we get offered hospital accommodation or a travel reimbursement like per day that you're meant to be in the hospital and you get to choose which one to take. So mm. I thought one of the things that I, I always had was to sort of weigh up whether it's worth doing the commute every day or whether I'm going to stay there. But in conclusion, I only stayed once and I basically came home every day anyway. So I wish I'd taken the the travel reimbursement. I think it's a lot to do with whether your friends are also like in the same placement, whether you, you know people staying in the hospital accommodation with you, which kind of makes it a little bit more fun. Mm. Um, here, just shake your head. That's the word fun. <laughs> <laughs> I use that term loosely. One of the things I would say is like make sure you know how to like uh, claim the travel expenses because like so many people yeah. like go a long time without doing it. Uh, and some and then you've have got really... like loads of forms at the end of the yeah. placement and like, you might have missed some deadlines yeah. and things and some people are like really shy about doing that but it's like this is the whole point of it being there is to like enable you to go and do it um mm. but yeah no definitely claim the travel expenses and yeah make sure you're not gonna like run yourself dry on money just to go to your placements so like, the whole point is you um yeah. do it without worrying about it so yeah, and they're yeah, exactly. usually really complicated and cumbersome and take ages, so just get on top of it. <laughs> I suppose no, I think if you yeah. do it as you go along, it's less of like a huge admin task. If you leave all of it for like the last week of your four-week placement, then yeah. that would be like an hour admin task. I suppose it's different for me. My, my, my travel expenses have been like from Thurso to Inverness to go to the big hospital there, and that's like 110 miles, so I was like, I'm claiming that. <laughs> oh, fair, fair <laughs> like enough. Every, yeah, 110 there, 110 back. Um, so I was like, I'm claiming that. <laughs> wow. So how would you okay, so guys decide whether to commute somewhere or whether to stay in that accommodation if you were offered the choice? I think we get a choice. I remember for my psychiatry placement, um, I was in this wee village place, um, not too far from Dundee, if you were driving. So, but, but if you get in public transport, it's quite a journey. But I really hated the accommodation. So even though I took the accommodation, I just ended up getting the bus in mm. like after the second week. Because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need my own bed. Mm. I need like comfortable sheets. Like, what is this? What is what's the thread yeah. count with these sheets? It does not feel like 800. Take your what own is sheets. this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. I don't have 800 Egyptian cotton sheets <laughs> anymore. I'm joking. Um, but yeah. So one of my friends in an older year who drives, he, he, so he's always said, always take the accommodation. Even if you want to commute, always take the accommodation. To have a and nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> to have a nap in the middle of the day. Or if you are commuting and you change your mind, you, at least you have somewhere to, to, to stay, to crash and everything. So he's, he was just always take the accommodation. But obviously there's the, can you afford to commute? Yeah. Yeah, but, and yeah. I guess weighing up like how important it is for you to like have a lion in the morning, but like if you're trying to get to a ward around for like eight thirty, you can get up at eight if you're on the hospital accommodation, or you might have to get up at like six if you're commuting. So it's kind of weighing up what matters more to you. Yeah, I think it depends like, also how long it is because if it's three months, 
three months in like south end can be a bit dead but um if it's like four weeks you probably just cope with it and hopefully have someone else you know come home at the weekend yeah definitely depends on like the placements as well like if you're going to be doing uh, i had some ups and gainy night shifts Mm. and like you need to have hospital accommodation for that like you can't be doing that in commuting especially because there might not be anything on and you can just go back to the accommodation take a pager and get paged in if something kicks off or or anything like that you can Mm. it gives you a wee bit more flexibility i think but yeah if you're going to be there for three months or more it's a bit of a difficult or a different decision you've got to make because i think uh, i've always found like it's harder to sort of unwind in like hospital accommodation like you're kind of just feels like you're just always at at work or or, or whatever you want to think about it Uh, and obviously depends what what other people in your course are doing too if if there's a, a big bunch of you and it's going to be quite fun then, then it makes it easier but if it's only a few of you um then it's a bit of a different story so yeah unless you really like them <laughs> yeah the other time i stayed it was like, there was quite a few of my friends who were also on the same placement and it was pancake day and like we had a great time we yeah. made pancakes in this hospital accommodation kitchen and yeah it was good okay we'll discuss a little bit more about your first day back on placement but that will be right after this how much do you care about indemnity right now probably not a lot you're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients but being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity we can be there if something goes wrong but we're also here to help make sure things go right too we're the only medical defense organization that protects doctors all over the world From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. Okay, back to the show. So panel, it's our first day back on placement. What do we need to take with us? Like, what do we pack? Pack lunch. Like some some hospitals, always thinking about food. It's important. (laughs) Some some hospitals have okay food, but it's either extortionate. No, actually, no. If it's nice, it's extortionate. If it's cheap, it's bad. So, I would kind of make that decision early on. In COVID, it was great because they had free lunch every day. So, I'm not going to recommend orchestrating a pandemic, but the free food was great. So, I think a packed lunch. That's my biggest recommendation. And snacks and water. My recommendation is stolen from an old Sharp Scratch episode. Someone um, said something about like uh, having like a wee satchel or bag that you just dump everything in. But do not look a bit silly. Do you wear it on the ward? Yeah, I do. I don't. I I (laughs) I don't care. I think I look fantastic. Like I have a. I I I even have a tendon hammer in. Oh wow! A mini one. Oh, folding one. Cute. Yeah, like it's one of those like that extends like telescopic. I have a little mini like one about this big. Yeah, and got a pen torch in there. Got like my books for getting sign-offs in there. You're the student I'm I've scared got, of. Yeah. I've yeah. got snacks in there. So Lily, food. Oh, I've snacks. got snacks good, in good, there. Good, okay. That's the important. Like an emer- emergency biscuits. Oh, no. Like that is the most the most important thing. Because like sometimes you know when you're on placements, you, you get really keen and like you're really always 
for some specialties anyway, and you're really enjoying what's going on. Sorry, the on. rest of us look very confused <laughs> as soon as he said, you, yeah, when you're really keen. <laughs> sure, oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Person, I'd, I'd, wow. You are that person. Explain our facial expressions. But like, you're, 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 really, you're really enjoying what's going on. It's like, oh yeah, I want to go see that joint aspiration as well, blah, blah, blah. So because like all these extra opportunities are coming your way, so you don't necessarily have time to go take a long break, but you've got emergency biscuits in your satchel. So you can have your emergency biscuits and just keep going for like an extra half an hour and then you can go for your lunch after the really cool thing is finished. Because, no, but, but I think, um, Lily, it's normal <laughs> for people to be fascinated by To enjoy like medicine, this. that's not normal. It's not normal, Cody. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Like on most of my blocks, I've there there have been moments where I've been like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like, no, just me. Uh, I definitely think for Obs and Garney, when you've got a birth, I agree, you're going to miss your lunch break because you need to be there. I think I'm generally just a pen, a stethoscope, and some water. That's all. That's all I take. Yeah. Oh yeah, notebook and pen is really important. Yeah. That's the most yeah. important thing. I mean, we we have all of our sign off stuff is like on an, uh, like our uni iPad, so I normally have my iPad. You get an like, iPad. We got like uh, an iPad Mini at the beginning of third year, and like all of our sign-offs and stuff. What students with iPads that get no? Them the, the funniest thing is, so we get these electronic sign-offs. We have to take someone's email address, then they email them a photo of us being like, "Did this student actually do this thing wow. that you signed them off for?" So that we don't like fake sign-offs. Gosh, ours is usually paper, which is useful. So have your logbook because yeah, the amount I print out for you. Yeah. yeah so I normally have that. My Oxford handbook, my stethoscope. And that's kind of what I walk around with. Then I like will have other things yeah. in my actual bag, which will be in like a locker or some common room somewhere. Mm. Okay, so before I get cancelled, right? <laughs> does anyone actually use the Oxford Handbook on placements, or did they just go- quickly Google things? I don't have one. No, I I bring it with me. I put it in my locker, but I usually use use it for if I'm like looking up a patient's thing before I present. Yeah, same. I don't actually. Ha- I don't usually carry it around with me on the ward. I usually have. I go back to my locker. It's too heavy. See, I, I just use my iPad and go on BMJ best practice. Hey, BMJ, wow. In... <laughs> Ac- accidental plug for BMJ. That like, is good. Like, it, it's, yeah, that, that actually, that's tip number three. BMJ, BMJ best, best practice, practice is genuinely, <laughs> like, yeah. what you need for, like, your case discussions and everything. Yeah. Everything's just, like, nicely succinct, and, like, Definitely. epidemiology mm. and treat management and everything. Yeah. Like, it's great. Um, well, I bring with me on the ward, usually in my scrubs pocket or carrying, I'll have my notebook, which is usually just loose paper because I'm that sort of student, uh, at least two pens because one will get stolen, um, water that I'll leave usually on like the nurse's desk or the ward desk, um, my stethoscope, and that is it, on. my hot pink stethoscope, exactly, <laughs> and then in my locker will be my Oxford handbook, potentially a tendon hammer if I was on ortho or neuro or something um and oh my logbook my logbooks with my with my notebook on the ward so not really logbook notebook pen stethoscope yeah just those those i think the main essentials another thing i would say is on the first day it's sometimes useful to have some cash with you because sometimes you have to pay a deposit for a locker or pay for a parking permit or things like that and a lot of the time things like that are cash only yeah. or you might have to pay for your id card and get the fiver back at the end or something like that so i was just going to say you should take your driver's license or your normal id because often you need that to get your um ID. card to get through the doors yeah i'm just trying to think if there's anything else that you kind of need with you girls take a hair bubble oh yeah or and if you don't have one you can just pull off pull off the white thing off one of your disposable masks and just tie it <laughs> at the end and that'll work as a hair bubble 
amazing tip i also i have like a clippy thing for my id because not everyone like likes you to wear a lanyard, lanyard yeah, so that's, that's quite useful if, if, if even if you have your lanyard also get like a thing that you can just clip onto your clothes so you can avoid the lanyard if someone gets yeah. funny andrew what do you bring with you honestly i'm so minimum <laughs> bottle of water pen and i'll just take scrap paper from the ward and just stick it in my pocket and um Fair that's enough. generally it uh although i did learn like try make sure you eat before you if you're going to be in the theatre because I did that a couple of, I don't usually eat breakfast um, not, I'm pretty bad for it but doing going to theatre without having anything is, is not a good idea um, especially if they're longer in procedures so yeah, yeah make sure you, you like make sure you eat or take something with you if you're going to be in theatre because it's just like a bit draining <laughs> yeah I would refer people to our fainting episode oh, yeah. if you're worried about that <laughs> we had some great tips about how to honestly that has fainting. transformed how I like approach fainting <laughs> really honestly yeah so definitely have a, have a little listen to that episode if you think you might be prone to fainting Okay, so any other bits of advice or anything that we've got for students on their first day or things to do with like induction? Um, we get paper logbooks, so it has like everything you need to get ticked off and it physically has to get signed off. And my tip would always be that you need to finish that logbook because you can't finish the placement without finishing it. So although obviously you want to be keen and just be there for the joy of learning, the joy of medicine or whatever, you need to actually just finish your logbook. So I would yeah. like have your logbook as your priority. So every day try and get something signed off and then in your like extra time when you've already got something signed off then you can be like oh I'm gonna watch that cool thing like yeah. it's sad but logbooks teach you to be tokenistic which is yeah it's not a nice I way also, to do medicine but it's the reality I also think that if you go into a ward like knowing kind of what your aim is to get signed yeah. off or something and you ask someone specifically to help you get signed it just saves everyone a lot of time because if you're just like a random medical student who's just kind of stood there in the corner with zero purpose <laughs> then you're, kind of, you're in, in you're in other people's way and I think it's it's nice to get to go up to someone and say oh I'd really like to get either this or this signed off today is there also something I can do to help you with your workload if you can help me with with this yeah. it's nice to have something to ask for but also something to offer yeah yeah the best deaf ones are the ones that do that yeah I think I learned that was the lesson I learned quite quickly was yeah try and have like a purpose for being there because quite often, like, you're just rotated to go somewhere and you turn up and, like, no one it's knows who you are. Thing. yeah. I, I, and, like, quite often I realise people would ask you, like, what, what do you want to get out of this? And sometimes they'd be like, oh, I'm just here to see. And you can sort of see their face <laughs> go, like, Classic. you know, yeah. it's, it's harder work for them. Uh, yeah. And so if you go in and go, I want to do any ABGs, I want to do any cannulas you've got because I need to practice. Like, it just makes it so much easier and people can just come and grab you. Or also mm. they can just point you to somebody who quite often does them uh, and you can and you, it gives you like a sort of it makes it easier to find like a buddy because that's usually the best way to sort of approach placements is you need to try and find somebody who's going to sort of look out for you a wee bit um because when you don't have that it becomes just a bit of a slog so um and, and also it's like really nice when people are like oh i've got an abg do you want to come and do it and you're like yeah i'll come and do it and yeah fail miserably but at least you've got the chance to to, <laughs> to go and do it so that's that's one of the things i learned was to make the placements better was was try and have like a focus that you can almost pitch to somebody to like uh you're, you're trying to like convince somebody to invest their like day or, or half day with you um to make it like worthwhile uh so yeah that'd be the, the, one of the biggest things um i would advise yeah. is like try and have like a a wee plan for your day about what you want to get out of it so how do we know who to approach like who do we need to make friends with on the wards the ones in my experience generally f1s or f2s 
they're usually like the F1s are good because they know all the jobs are happening, so they know who needs bloods, who needs cannulas, yeah. who needs their drug things reboarding or whatever. Um, then you you do often find like regs and stuff who are amazing as well. Kind of anyone, yeah. Mm. But F ones, I would be your first port of call in my mind. Yeah, I'm a people watcher. I'm very observant. So I I when I first come in, I just observe and watch how people are relating to each other. Like you can. You, you, when you walk into a ward, you can you can almost inst- instantaneously um, tell who's in charge, and by who's in charge, like I don't mean like oh the big boss, I mean like who's actually in charge. Like sometimes it's actually this healthcare assistant who's been there for like thirty years. That's the person that's actually in charge of the ward. So like you, you can like pick up like little subtle yeah. signals about how different people relate to each other, and the person that you vibe the most with cling on to them yeah. like a bad rash like honestly just have no shame. yeah so follow them yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's similar to me like i remember one of the first times i was in one of the acute medical wards at one of the bigger hospitals and you know, went into the doctor's room there's probably about seven or eight like juniors and i could have sort of said you know, who i was and, and as a medical student and like nobody turned around uh, apart from like one fy2 and he sort of kind of looked around the room and was like you, you know come with me type thing and that's what you've got to do and just and just stick to the people who who are like um up for it uh and figure out like a plan with them and be like so with him i was just like if i go and clerk patients in and run it past you is that is that okay and he was like yeah that's great and that would be like our wee routine for that day um and i think when those because it's been quite daunting like trying to like find somebody who you don't know and you've just met to like sort of look after you so yeah that, that would be my advice is is find the ones who smile <laughs> and are like kind to you uh, or, or at least yeah. appear interested yeah. go for them yeah I don't know about you guys but I felt so useless in my third year like you can yeah. just I think in fourth year you can actually do some stuff so you feel a bit more like kind of like a mini F1 but in third year I would honestly just stand in the corner and often you're in quite big groups there's too many medical students yeah. there's too few things to do you're not particularly helpful anyway like and that feeling of being useless is horrible. So I think mm-hmm. actually the way you battle it is you kind of just focus on what you need to get done, mm-hmm. what you can possibly do, which is kind of like fe- fetching drug tar- charts doesn't require any qualifications so, yeah. and being like a lackey to go and get the nurse to talk to the doctor, like that sort of thing you can do. So I think I agree, stick to someone and be like, please. Yeah, we'll be back for some final reflections and bits of advice about clinical years, but that'll be just after this. As you take on additional responsibility for your patient's care, UpToDate can be your trusted personal medical consultant. UpToDate is an online, continuously updated clinical decision support resource used by doctors, medical students and doctors in training worldwide to access current, evidence-based information at the point of care. Doctors at all levels of experience rely on UpToDate for trusted answers to their clinical questions. See how UpToDate can benefit your training and subscribe today by visiting go.uptodate.com slash sharp. That's go.uptodate.com slash sharp and use promo code sharp to save 25 US dollars on your annual or longer subscription. Okay, back to the show. So panel, I think it's okay to be a bit useless at the beginning anyway, like we're there to learn that like that's like the, the reason that we're there that's our use right so and the other thing is that like 
especially in your first few weeks of placement, the main thing you you need to do is kind of understand how the ward works. That might mean that you are stood in the corner for two weeks, just like watching people and just kind of getting your head around like what actually means, like what does an F1 actually even do? And like, that is okay if you feel a bit useless at the beginning, because as Lily says, like the further you go through clinical years, there will be more things that you can do and you will learn what actually helps people. That is like, so get like putting my med ed hat on placements it's all about experiential learning you know like it's it's about the experience of actually being on the wall the, the, there are certain things about medicine that you cannot learn from a textbook so the fact that you are there in the first place um is amazing and a great learning opportunity yeah also like um people who sort of just kind of thrust jobs on you like uh i was at one of these wee small hospitals in one of the uh, islands and somebody was like do you want to just like take the notes for the wardrobe I was like I've never done that before and they're like it's not that hard just go for it and like actually (laughs) it was fine so like if people like just try and thrust something on you just go with it because they're thrusting it on you as long as you tell them like I've never done this before and they still want you to do it then just go for it Uh, and it's 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 like um yeah that out of the comfort zone sort of style of stuff sometimes is actually pretty good um uh, so that would be another thing is sort of embrace things that you're kind of not quite comfortable with yet and that's okay yeah 100 percent. on my jerry's placement at the start of the year um it was essentially just a covid ward and we were on ward round and then this f1 kind of i think they'd found the, they'd gone to the wrong ward so they turned up and they're like i'm here and the consultant was like oh don't worry we don't we don't need you we've got a medical student and i was like uh what and then so they the f1 went to like a busier ward and then i became like kind of the f1 like writing the notes again getting the drug charts all of that sort of stuff and it was so scary but you kind of you just do it and they can help you. And then by the end, that placement was like the best placement I've had in mm. the whole of medical school because I felt so like competent. Yeah, it was like such a good feeling. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And if all else fails, you can shut the curtains on a ward round. When you- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember a surgeon being like, on this ward round, you can hand me my aprons. And I was like, great, yeah. this is so good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, well, perhaps this isn't as COVID friendly, but I remember like previously, a lot of the time, like, the doctors wouldn't have a stethoscope with them but i always did so someone mm. will be like oh does anyone have a stethoscope and you'd be like oh my god me i'm useful <laughs> take mine i volunteer as tribute <laughs> uh so in my first placement i was i was on peds and i got um what i think some people would consider controversial advice but i don't think it's controversial at all i was one i was wondering to see what you guys think yeah go for it so um this reg told me know when to leave like oh man so true. don't be afraid to leave early and stuff like know when to leave like part of your placements also is actually learning the exam stuff like all the different facts and whatnot and all the science so like once you've um met your learning objectives for the day you can leave and when he said that to me i was like <gasps> but that is something that i've genuinely stuck with for the rest of the year and i'm just very glad that he's that i i found that out on the first week of my first ever placement but i was wondering what you guys thought about like that idea of like i'm I'm so glad you brought this up like um i remember doing it was uh a placement uh and i turned up and there was like five medical students there and uh i was meant to i'd been told i was meant to go with a reg but the final year student who was there went with the reg and all the other students sort of got like paired off with like a doctor and then it was just me and another student 
and it was sort of like, oh, what are we going to do? And they were like, oh, we'll go in the ward rounds. And I was like, I've done tons of ward rounds by this point now. Uh, and I was, it was Obs and Gainey, so I was hoping to see some births or some surgery or something. And uh, went around the ward round and didn't get to speak to any patients. And bear in mind, this is a year that like I've been in the GP, so I've been speaking to patients every day. And they're like, oh, I said, well, what should we do now? And, and they're like, oh, you can go and take histories from patients. And I was like, it's not really why I'm here. It's not really what, what I want to be here, but went and did it anyway. And it sort of got to like lunchtime and there was nothing to do. And there were, because of COVID, it was really quiet. And uh, we went down to like one of the offices and there was an FY2 there who was having like an audit day. So they were just like, in their own clothes. And I was sort of sitting in the room and I was like, what did I do here? And I was, I was saying, speaking to them, they were really nice. And they said, honestly, like, just go home. Like, if it's not worth your time, just go home. She said, you've got so much spare time in medical school. Like, you shouldn't waste it on placements where you're not doing anything. Um, she says, because when you become an FY1, FY2 and beyond, you'll have no free time at all. So she's like, go and like go home and study or go and do something nice and relax or, 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 or if there's something else you want to see in the hospital, like go and do it. So I think that's one of the, something that stuck with me is like, don't like value your own time. Uh, and yeah. if something's not, I'm not saying like <laughs> storm out of wardrobes or anything like yeah. that. But like if, if, if <laughs> like I think what you were saying is no this one is to useless. leave. Useless. I'm yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, like nat- if things naturally come to a point where there's nothing really for you, and you can't, you've not got any sort of thing later in the day that that that, that you think's worth your time, then I think it is reasonable. Where because the other student I was with like wasn't going to leave, they were going to stay till five. But I think there's an element of you. Know, they always talk to you about trying to be like a self-directed learner yeah. and sometimes that means just being like right well I'm not actually going to learn anything or if I am it's going to be very very inefficient and I'm just going to make that call and go mm. home uh, so that's something that I learned as well um, this year uh, but actually like taking that first step of having the confidence to be like right this isn't worth my time um, is, is quite difficult I think because it mm. makes you feel a bit guilty don't, but. don't say that to the team though don't say this isn't worth my time oh god yeah. <laughs> I do think it's worth I do think it's worth like saying as well that you don't always need a real excuse to leave because I know like a lot of the time people will go up teaching. to someone and be like sorry I've got teaching this afternoon I yeah. have to go like they know you're like everyone knows they know you're you don't have teaching in the afternoon or like the fact that you didn't if you've got teaching you would have mentioned it at the very start like mm. oh, I need to leave by this time because I have teaching so if you suddenly halfway through be like oh I've just remembered I have teaching at 10 minutes time like I have to go like people know you're lying you may as well just say oh I need to leave now I'm going to go now yeah that, that's literally any, what like, I said I, like, I, I, I literally just go okay um I'm going to go now is there is there anything in anything else interesting happening on the ward or is there anything any good learning opportunities yeah. 95% of the time that I'm wanting to go I have genuinely exhausted all the learning opportunities for the day. Mm. And they were like, yeah, nothing else is interesting is happening unless you want to write EDDs. And I'll be like, no, not really. Thank you for the offer. <laughs> Sometimes you can just pick up on the, on like the subtle, maybe not so subtle hints as well. Like, I remember saying to somebody, oh, there was nothing for me to do. And I said, was there any interesting patients I can go and speak to? You're kind of really scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're like, nope. And I was like, what? There's not an interesting patient in the ward? They're like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, all right, you want me to leave. <laughs> this is yeah. like... Or sometimes you go to try and like take a history and present something and you go to every patient and they're like, oh, I've already spoken to like this many medical students yeah, today. I yeah. don't want to speak to you again. And you could, there is just nothing for you to do on that ward and that's fine to leave. It's not like a reflection on you. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think you rarely will have consultants or regis or whatever who expect you to be there 
yeah. until a certain time and they get annoyed about you leaving and things like that. But you'll kind of suss them out pretty quickly. And the vast majority of juniors and consultants as well, but you'll see juniors most, do not care. Like they want you to get what you want to get done. Maybe you can help them out a little bit. But I have had so many times where I've left I've been like oh can I go now and they've been like yeah sorry I thought you'd leave hours ago but you clearly wanted to stay and I was like <laughs> but I was waiting for them to tell me that I could leave yeah. yeah leave do what you want to do and leave and also like you're a student you're not working yet make the most yeah. of that yeah definitely but do don't have... skive don't skive don't yeah. skive no, if you're, <laughs> don't, oh no you're like timetable to be in and think that we're not yeah, saying yeah. leave and don't attend things that you're meant to be there for but when it's and get like, everything like you self-directed off. learning yeah and you're kind don't, of wandering around the wards. Don't preemptively don't decide, this placement isn't worth my time, I'm not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, don't take the piss. <laughs> don't but, think I'm yeah. going to attend this one, <laughs> this whole block. Okay, do we have any more sort of random, isolated tips or things that we want to make sure we tell the listeners about? Like um, kind of a takeaway tip for... I would definitely use clinical years, especially as you start clinical years, as a way of figuring out what specialty you want to do, because m- most likely you can't, you've got some idea from like your lectures, but not really essentially this is like your only exposure of specialties until you have to choose your rotations for for foundation years so you need to kind of expose yourself a little bit and it's been hard in covid because we had lots of online placements but i think make the most of your placements really try and figure out is this not just is the job what i want to do but is the life that these doctors have what i want is i want to work these sort of hours do i want to sacrifice that sort of thing and if possible try and find other if there are other specialties that you want to do try and find doctors in that in while you're in, on placement and see if you can be like oh actually could I try and organize shadowing with you or something like yeah, that definitely. and be proactive about that because I'm now I've got a year left and I regret not having seen more specialties so I could know what I want to do more so I wish I'd made the most of that time I think yeah my tip is slightly less thought-provoking than Lily's a really good one but I was going to say on your induction you often get given a piece of paper that has like codes on it and like your login details and stuff take a photo of it because you will lose a piece of paper and you will have your phone with you most of the time so that's my tip <laughs> otherwise you'll be locked in some changing room and won't be able to I find out like where the scrubs are and how you get yeah. into the ward what time they actually expect you to be there who the nurses are, how the, is it bay nurses, is it one-to-one, that sort of thing. That's sort of like how the ward works, stuff that you mentioned. It's just, it will make you feel, feel so much more comfortable. I'm going to make a very Lily comment. Ooh. And it's going to be, fall in love. Um, but but genuinely, uh, oh my God, I am such a nerd. Uh, just say it, But, but like, I think medicine is really cool. Throughout the entire year, every day, every single day of placements, I can think of at least one moment where I thought, wow, that was really cool. Whether that is um, seeing a cool procedure or seeing like a cool interaction or just like something that I'm like, wow, the way that person did X, Y, Z is really cool. So so like just be really open to like learning and, and absorbing as much as possible, not just medical knowledge, not just clinical skills, just like seeing how different people relate to each other and interact with each other, which is why I think medicine's really cool, which is why I... Um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't say that. Wow. Um, but, 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 which is why I said fall in love and just like really enjoy your time on placements because I... I've had loads of fun. That's really sweet. What about you, Andrew? One of the things I found hard at the start was when you had like a bad placement or a placement that wasn't really that great and you're sort of like a bit deflated about it actually and you're kind of going, oh, I don't really want to do the rest of these. You know, that was, if they're going to be like that. But I think 
trying to approach with a mindset sort of similar to like taking bloods or cannulas actually they become a lot easier when you understand the fact that you're not going to get them all uh, and yeah. the same with placements they're not all going to be um amazing uh and there'll be um some not so good ones some okay ones and some really really good ones and i think just approaching it with that mindset like helps a wee bit because um you know there'll be days where you, you can't wait to to leave but there'll also be days where actually you just want to see everything that you can see and, and you, you really enjoy it i think um one of the things that uh, once I sort of approached it with a mindset it becomes a, a lot better and also I think similar to what you're saying Cody like you're actually there to sort of see everyone do the job you're going to be doing and I think one of the things I like is like when you meet people who you like find inspiring or, or like motivate you and it's all about like sort of like taking the best bits of everyone that you meet and trying to like try them out for yourselves and see how they go Um, uh, I, like that's the thing I like about medicine is, is like taking the best bits of all the good doctors you meet and trying to sort of merge them into yourself if you can and find them what works so um, placements are like a good way to do that because you see so many different doctors doing the job you're going to be doing which is quite good I'm not reiterating Kyoday's point about falling in love with medicine or whatever cute but mm, okay um, <laughs> but you do actually meet amazing people like yeah. patients can be so nice they can be yeah. so interesting some doctors are amazing like I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think the vast difference between your non-clinical years and your clinical years is that you're just with people every single day. And some people are just so interesting. Like I've left so many patient encounters being like, oh, my gosh, that person has the weirdest life. And it's just so fun. And like, I don't know. I think you'll really enjoy yourself if you kind of go into it optimistically and do what you can do. Don't like stress yourself too much. Enjoy having a chat and then you'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really nice. I'm glad we've had like a bit of a balance of the perspectives here because like while I agree that like you should enjoy your placements, it's probably kind of what you imagine being a doctor or being at medical school would be like. Um, I'm glad that, Andrew, you mentioned the thing about if you feel deflated and stuff in some placements like that is okay like it's okay if you don't walk in and think oh my god I love medicine like yeah. that will grow and that will come with time and with your with your confidence and things so I don't want people to start, go to their first day and hate induction and be like oh, I don't love medicine yeah. like you Why don't love? <laughs> no, I, no I mean like to just like just like give it a chance to like fall in love and let the love blossom no, and all that stuff yeah. and like yeah oh amazing So I think that's about all we've got time for on Sharp Scratch today. But if you'd like to hear more from us, subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts. And in two weeks' time, you'll be notified about our next episode. While you wait for the next, while you wait for the next one, do check us out on social media. We're BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag Sharp Scratch. And I'd love to hear your ideas for what you think we should cover later on in the season. It's also really helpful to us if you can leave us a rating and a review on Apple Pods or wherever you get your pods, um, as it helps other med students find the show. But until next time, bye from us. Bye. bye.